kind and benevolent Sky Daddy here. You can follow us on Twitter at Reckoning underscore pod, or you can send questions, comments, and concerns to our Gmail, thereckoningpod at gmail.com. Last time, our wary peacocks managed to make quite a piggish impression as they entered the event of the year at the Empress's palace. Getting ready for their introduction to the Empress, they braced themselves for the woman ahead of them. Let's pick it up there. I also don't know that the dog understands you buying its loyalty away with $100 and $100 and the PS4. Remy, Volmer, and Chimerical, give me a history check. Remy and Volmer, as you look up at her, you remember a piece of information that has floated about in rumors that was very briefly mentioned at one point in the history book. And so, Remy, you remember while you were reading the history of Nino that there was a point where it was implied that anyone who successfully killed the emperor or empress of Nino became the next emperor and empress of Nino. Anyone who failed to do so would be killed as a traitor. Volmer, you remember, she's pretty new to being an empress. Her father supposedly died of some latent illness but he'd been a very healthy man up until she came to power so wait was her father did she that's interesting did she more inherit this position than like this is so i since he was sick was he just a nobleman or was he emperor so with with that 20 he was the emperor you don't remember him being sick but the crown announced that he died of illness Mm. But she still managed to succeed him. Like yes. interesting. <laughs> is the story? Is the official story? Since he was okay, the crown announced. Okay, so yeah, the crown the, said the he official was story was that he died of some latent, undiagnosed illness. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'm. I'm uh, definitely still not trying. Trying to. Uh, draw attention to myself so I'm gonna kind of like bow in accordance with everyone else and sort of defer to um, whomever addresses the the Empress for, for the moment. Yeah, I was gonna say Decamilla will do the opposite of Volmer and very much draw attention to herself. <laughs> I think she gives a, a very lavish curtsy um, and she just says, Oh, good evening, Your Highness. We thank you for opening your doors to your magnificent city to us on this holy day, as well as allowing us to take on the challenge of the maze. It was quite invigorating. A pleasure. 
to welcome you into this city and such fine adventurers such as yourselves. You could tell that the talking seems to pain her as she speaks that maroon scar across the base of her throat ripples. No, I'm just saying we are very honored to be here. Um, we, we are very grateful uh, that we can join you here tonight. Corona's going to just stand up straighter and kind of, he's at his cloak kind of around him, but he's going to let it trickle a little bit to um, show off the scars on his form as well as like some bit of solidarity. Yeah, I was um, going to say, Macquara walked into this party in new boots, tight pants, and a cloak and no shirt. <laughs> I just yeah. I cannot stress this fact enough. What Macquara was rolling up looking like. <laughs> Hail to the glorious dead, your highness. Give <laughs> a little bow. I think uh, Remy's gonna also bow holding her pig. <laughs> her well-plucked eyebrow arches a little bit as she surveys you all, and she says, Hail indeed. I Correct me if I am wrong, but you are also the individuals who were involved in preventing tragedy from striking us on the eve of Torm. I mean, I'd, I'd beat the shit out of a bunny, but that that makes it sound a lot better, so we'll go with your version of it, yes. Yes, your majesty. And Jack, I shoot Jack and Blair. Give me a charisma check. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's an eight. <laughs> so the one eyebrow was arched, now both eyebrows are arched as she surveys you. She kind of nods. And the request that I posed to your group earlier this morning. It's well underway. We are searching for whoever is behind this. We've uh, gathered quite a bit of information, but we're still keeping our eyes out for more. We want to be absolutely certain, after all. She nods and she sort of puts her hand on her groom's arm. When all of the social masturbating is over with, I would very much like to continue this conversation with the eight of you. And she shoots a very long, long look at Buford. Remy is dying laughing as she's trying to keep together. Give me a constitution check, Remy. Oh no. She's gonna like bruise a red laughing. For me is plus zero, so I got a nineteen. Okay, you're you're managing to keep it under wraps pretty well. You're kind of the kid who managed to get the entire rest of the class to laugh, and now you're just sitting there, composed, maintaining eye contact with a teacher who loves you and hates you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she nods. I will send for you once I'm done here, and she kind of nods to the the line that is starting to queue up behind you. We'll leave um, you to attend to your other guests, your majesty. As as we bow and kind of take our leave, can I do a once-over on her groom? Like, what, what, what do I know about this guy? Are you checking out the groom in front of the empress? Is that <laughs> yeah. what's happening? Yes, I'm yes, like, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> Insert uh, saxophone solo here, yeah. Are you trying to do a history check, investigation, perception, arcana? Like, what kind of check yeah. are you... 
probably more if I, just to see if I know this guy, or even by reputation, his name, like... Yeah, um, so that would be his Yeah, what his deal is. Uh, wow, I'm rolling well today. I, I'm really worried about what's going to happen when I start rolling badly. 21. You know that this paladin of Torm, um, his first name is Henkenna. His, he has taken the Empress's last name. So he is Henkenna Barasa. Um, he, he's almost scandalously unknown. Mm. You have heard that he spent quite a bit of time doing good works for the Empress out in the field, helping, like, going undercover, performing reconnaissance, fighting Cassius when Cassius did their drive-by attacks. So very much performed activities and did things in her honor and aside from that not much is known about him you don't even know which sub church of Torm he is a part of you don't know what church he is a paladin of specifically so he is very very little very little is known about him to the point that all kinds of rumors have started to crop up about him. You've heard a rumor that he is a eunuch. You've heard a rumor that he is vegetarian. Um, <laughs> you've, heard rumors, you've heard rumors that he is not a paladin, but he's actually a warlock of Torm. Um, you've heard rumors that he actually doesn't worship Torm at all. You've heard rumors that he's from a different city, but you don't know any very little of the very little has actually been confirmed for you. All you know is that he is supposedly a paladin of Torm, supposedly spent a lot of time doing things for the Empress, and then they just got married in a very, very small ceremony that only included a, a priest of Torm and a couple of the Empress's closest people. One thing that you have heard that seems to be a little bit more legitimate than a lot of the rumors is mm -hmm. you've heard somewhere that he has apparently sworn an oath uh, to not remove his armor in public and not to speak in public until the continent belongs to the Empress. Good to know. So like as a form of devotion to her has sworn silence and has sworn to remain in his armor to protect her and give her the gift of this continent. Okay. Good to remember to do both, Jesus. <laughs> this is a very much the Cal Drogo. I will sail across the salt seas and take this iron Fair. throne for my bride. God damn! Good for her. <laughs> Don't I worry. Thinking... I put I put Nino is on some manifest destiny bullshit. I'm making notes, Katie. <laughs> okay, I think um, I think as we're kind of stepping away uh, from the Empress, I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm not going to necessarily, this is going to be to the group, but I'm going to turn to Chimerical uh, in particular. And um, I'm just going to be like, um, well, uh, as long as we're here, I remember, if I'm recalling correctly, uh, Chimerical, you were interested in meeting uh, Kareel. Would you like me to introduce you? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, I've, and, and of course, uh, anyone who else who'd like to come along may as well, uh, and I'll, I'll kind of start leading Jamerical and who, whomever else. I will follow. Can I come with? I'm yeah. following as well. I guess we'll yeah. all go. Yeah. 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 Is anyone not going to meet? <laughs> Wait. I thought, I thought Ronton was the tactician, not Kareel. 
It's Kirill Ronson. Kirill Ronson. Oh, never mind. Yeah. So you're, you're right. Kirill is his first name, Ronson is his last name. Okay. I got that mixed up. Right. I was also confused. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought this was a different person. I call him Kareel in private, but when I introduce you all, I will be referring to him as Ronton. So. Mm. Okay. <laughs> okay, we know you're polite in the streets in the freaking sheets, I think. Next time Volmer has uh, an, an episode, he'll wake up, and when he wakes up in different clothes, it will be Blight in the Streets, Freakish t-shirt. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm not sure if there's as much of a wait there. I know there were a few people flocking around him. It's less of a wait and more of a how do I fight through this group of people that has surrounded this individual. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, can I kind of like maneuver us so that like Remy is is kind of also towards the front with the pig just to like get people like to immediately draw attention and immediately kind of like get us not like so overtly that I'm like clearly putting her in front, but just like I'm coming up with maybe the two dirtiest people in the party. I think. <laughs> You are carrying a pig. How long <laughs> have you been carrying the pig for, though? How I've long can a pig? The whole time. I, I think that if you're carrying a pig, like your level of cleanliness, even if it is immaculate, probably goes down like perceivably five cents. That's like or five percent. Like, um, maybe <laughs> gonna stab you later. <laughs> I mean, Randy will remember this. Remy doesn't know that this is Volmer's <laughs> justification. Remy just knows that Volmer is manipulating her to the front of the group. I like how when I, uh, when when Jack is getting on Volmer's just classist existence, it's it's a thing. But Remy immediately is just like, "All right, stab the man." I'm at least mildly suspicious first. <laughs> <laughs> If we kill him now, he can never become a murderer. <laughs> Think about it, everyone. Um, if you kill one murderer, the number stays the same. We're about to get some fucking minority report bullshit up in here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Jack invents minority report. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, but yeah, I want to kind of like, as much as I can, get like people to kind of part for us, or at least like be draw their attention to us um, and as, as, as we're kind of like approaching just to kind of like get to Ronto faster. The fact that you are carrying a live pig does <laughs> assist in this process. People startle out of the way as the eight of you worm your way into this group and step up in front of Lord Kareel Ronton. He is the same blonde figure that Chimerical you saw in the class portrait in the back of Remy's book. A little bit older, his hair is cropped a little bit shorter. He is dressed in very fine white and gold silks. Kind of a, a, long, a long tunic and loose fitting pants. Very thin with long thin hands sipping some kind of brandy or whiskey. And as the group approaches, his eyes kind of widen and his eyebrows shoot up and he says, well, hello there. 
Um, and I'm gonna kind of like pull down uh, uh, my mask or my scarf there um, and just uh, be like, Lord Ronton, I apologize for if I'm interrupting anything. I just wanted to greet you, see that you are well, and uh, um, introduce you to uh, uh, my friend here, Chimerical, who's a big fan of yours. And I was also hoping that you and I could um, discuss uh, military matters uh, uh, shortly. Ah, Master Craston, um, it is it's quite good to see you. I was not expecting to see anyone besides your sister here this evening, but it is very, very good to see you. Um, which amongst your merry band is Chimerical? Who do I have the pleasure of greeting? Um, and I'm gonna kind of like, yeah, uh, pat Chimerical's shoulder and kind of like push her forward. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Um, and I'm like, I have admittedly only known Chimerical for a short amount of time, but uh, in the maze, she proved an invaluable asset. And as I say invaluable asset, I'm going to kind of like look over at Macquaro to see, like, to get his, like, read on um, her value in the maze. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Like, uh, but yes. while this is happening, um, Jack is going to give uh, Volmer, like, the Bernie Sanders debate side-eye that he gave Hillary Clinton, um, but he's not going to say anything. I think uh, Volmer yeah. sees that and takes that to me. An utterly invaluable asset in, uh, in the maze <laughs> during our trial earlier, and I thought it was only fitting as she is only in town for, I believe, a brief while and is such a fan of yours that uh, I should... It, it was only right of me to introduce the two Chimerical is like blushing and like fidgeting a little bit and like attempts to curtsy but kind of stumbles a little bit as she like stands up and then like quickly like puts her hands behind her back and just goes it's, it's, it's a pleasure to meet you he bows almost excessively low like makes an entire like 90 degree angle with his body and as he rises he says it is a pleasure to meet uh, such a fan I didn't know I'd done all that much that was worth being a fan of, but I suppose if I can bring pleasure to anyone outside of the Empire, I've served my purpose. Insight check. Okay, I can uh, do an insight check. Can I do an insight check as well on this guy? Yeah. While they're doing that, when... can Remy nudge Macquaro like in the ribs with her elbow and just bow super lowly holding the pig? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll kind of match Remy's bow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack will also match Remy's bow. Beaufort, like, very distressed as suddenly his center of gravity is not where it is supposed to be. <laughs> also, Jack is going to stifle a chuckle when, uh, I keep calling him Korea Ronton in my head, um, when he says he brings people pleasure outside the empire. <laughs> Decamilla and Macquaro. For the most part, he seems on the level. He seems to be treating Chimerical with a great deal of respect. Chimerical, I'm going to message you something. You get a little bit more insight, perhaps because of the closeness to him, perhaps because it's he's directing his bow to you. Is this the first whisper of the campaign? This is the first whisper of the campaign. Ah. <laughs> it begins. <laughs> it's a secret, secret, secret. <laughs> Can I give him a look over for any wounds or anything? Because yeah, he, he's wearing white silk, right? Yes, give me an investigation. Okay. Non-natural one. <laughs> Dirty one. <laughs> you, like, 
start to look him over, but then you get impressed with some scars that are on your own like forearm and you spend a little while studying those, <laughs> kind of wondering if the Empress was imp was as impressed with yours as you were with hers. <laughs> you just get into a like slightly turned on by yourself situation. Is that what we're witnessing? Nuquaro <laughs> is monosexual. He is only turned on by himself. <laughs> So I'm not sure if anyone else has any more information or yeah or stuff to say to him. Would I be able to kind of um, go up to Bront and just say, um, excuse me, when, when you're done speaking with Volmer about a military matter, I actually have something. I have something I would like to discuss with you. Could I could I take you aside real quick, or we could talk one on one? Of course, um, a moment for our merry chant for the peacocks, I believe. Damn it! That's correct. Bummer nods. Yes. They're like wholeheartedly, yes, we are the peacocks, and just kind of shoot Jack. <laughs> Why? The gaslighting. That could Jack Owen continues. Yes. That could a fucking beams when Laura Bailey says that. <laughs> I, I smile. I feel, like, like, I feel like some of this is payback for the last campaign. 100%. <laughs> I'm doing this just to pick you off. So much of this is delicious. Um, <laughs> so, was there anything else that anyone wanted to do? We've got two people who would like to speak to Kareel privately. Can Jack go check out that wooden sculpture thing you were describing earlier? And sorry if you already described it, I had to go move my laundry. I did not describe it in detail, so this time, you're all good. Okay, I'm gonna... <laughs> I would like to go walk over and see what that shit's about. Like, let's establish what people want to do, and we can kind of run through a moment of each person. And if you want to do something with another player character, that's fine. But we can kind of, like, run through who wants to do what, and then that'll sort of help the process of everything. I kind of elbow Chimerical and just say, should we... Should we take a look around for uh, stones or that passageway? Yes, that's what I was planning to do. I was gonna just kind of go on over, grab a drink so I blend in, and just kind of uh, walk around. Perfect. Second Miller would like to get a drink and talk to the tiefling. And Remy, is there anything that you would like to do in particular? Pick up some vegetarian trees and feed them to Bupert. <laughs> <laughs> So, we will start with Volmer, then, since you had sort of established what you had wanted to do first. So, yeah. Kareel, one more time, gives Chimerical you another very, very deep, pretentious bow. And then he turns to you, Volmer, and says, well, why don't we, um, why don't we just step out into, into the hallway for a moment? And he walks along, and you see that some of these paper walls actually slide in and out to reveal other hallways, other rooms. Right now, all mm. of them are closed, and those areas are manned by a little bit more uh, incognito guards. So these are clerics who are dressed in clerical vestments, standing next to these sliding walls, seeming to prevent people from wandering where they should not go. He approaches one of these, the cleric nods to him and slides it open just enough for the two of you to step outside into a wide open balcony 
like walkway. There are a few other noble people here, a few other couples. Um, there's one like family where there's two humans and two very young children. And the humans seem to be like trying to get the kids to run as much as possible so they can go back inside of the party and not have to worry about a champagne pyramid collapse. <laughs> um, but it is compared to the inside, a much more private space. And okay. he yeah. sort of crosses his hands behind his back uh, and begins to walk and goes, now what is it that you would want to uh, discuss with me, my friend? Yes, well, I, um, as, as you've noticed, had, uh, had taken up, and as I'm sure the Empress informed you, uh, uh, in taking up with this uh, recent group of, uh, of friends of mine, uh, she also reached out to us about uh, some unrest in the city, and I, uh, uh, though I know you are more the military arm, I uh, assumed that someone is well-connected and as generally well-read and in tune as you might have heard something about all the, the happenings about the city, the giant rabbits, and the sabotage at the maze. I, I was curious about your insight. Oh yes, Master Crosden, it always seems people are so ungrateful. It seems that often they don't appreciate what it is that they have and they want a great deal more, and when more is not automatically provided, they begin to stir the pot, so to speak. I suspect that this is another rogue sect of individuals who are trying to embarrass the Empress, who believe that they can take down the Empire, not realizing that the Empire is all that stands between them and the roving bands and potential slavery and Cassius coming in and compelling us all beneath their rule. Mm. Yes. And has anyone, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming not, as I've not heard anything, but I'm assuming no one has issued the Empress a, a formal challenge. This has all been, uh, as you suspect, underhanded uh, vagabonds attempting to uh, discredit and upset her. Indeed, I don't think anyone is quite brave enough to attempt to uh, challenge her to single-hand combat. I, I certainly wouldn't be, um, and I, I, I couldn't help but, but notice that um, I, I've come here so rarely myself, um, that there were um, rather uh, quite a few guards. I'm not sure if this is a regular security for you here, or if, if, if you are concerned about something, as uh, if me and my friends are going to be going about town trying to get to the bottom of things, I would very much like to know if there is suspect of anything of, while surely not in single combat, uh, any sort of actual threat to uh, people who aren't the Empress uh, at the, at the, in the town at the party tonight in general. We're just a little <laughs> bit cautious. Nothing, nothing overt, nothing... Nothing too much, just being cautious as the situation demands. We're not necessarily concerned with the Empress's well-being, but it is occasionally good to put on a little bit of a display of force, just in case some unruly group were to believe that our lack of guards is a sign of weakness instead of a sign of strength. Yeah. You mentioned unruly groups. I'm not sure if that was uh, merely the verbiage you chose or if there are any particular groups here in town that you have been keeping your eye on, as it were. It's just my, my hypothetical for who I believe is involved in all of the raucousness that has been going on in the city for the past couple of weeks. Yes, no, that makes sense. Well, hopefully uh, we're able to get to to the bottom of this rather soon, but any insight you do uh, come up with is uh, greatly appreciated. Um, 
and the, obviously this conversation as well on its own has been uh, rather insightful, as I suspected. Um, you mentioned that you saw, uh, that, uh, that my sister is in attendance tonight. Do you know where last you saw her? Oh, I, she, she came and greeted the Empress, but she stepped off with, I don't know, if, and he kind of like leans in. I don't know if you are aware of this, Volmer, but it seems that your sister has taken up with a human. Um, yeah, I think Volmer, like, kind of, like, cocks his head a little bit at that, and it's just like, I have been, um, uh, caught up with some other matters lately and have not been checking in with Valerie as much as I would like. Uh, a, a human? Yes. The, which, of what, from what family? She's here with Justice Galead. Galead. Does, can I do a history check to see if that name means anything? Yes. Did you say Justice Scalia? It was across my room and I didn't hear it right. I'm sorry. Yeah, Volmer's sister is dating Justice Scalia, and our new mission is to break them up. <laughs> She's dating the reanimated corpse of Justice Scalia. <laughs> So just regular Justice Scalia. <laughs> oh my god, that would be our new mission. We would derail everything. That would be the only goal. <laughs> I we might are going just have to, to make a mini boss. Let's name who is Justice Scalia. <laughs> um, so with the 23, you know that Justice Gilead is the new patriarch of the Gilead family recently lost his father in one of those mysterious deaths that you have heard about and have they've kind of been on the edges of your radar and his his name is justice it's not a mm -hmm. title but that is what he is that's his birth name um okay I is very much a step up from your family as far as the social hierarchy like his family lives in the castle with the empress I'm okay. I'm like, well, I that is certainly news to me. I, um, if you'll excuse me, I must, um, go, I suppose, uh, uh speak with her if she is available, though. Um, yes, my friend Laura Vela, who I believe, uh, uh, wanted to speak with you, is still inside, and I would, um, thank you greatly for giving her, um, the, the same time and attention you gave me, if it is at all in your power. And he smiles and he goes, Master Croston, you must know, we would love all the friends that we can get and we are planning on making very large moves soon. I kind of smile appropriately and like bow and just say Lord Ronton as, as I before like waiting for him to leave and then leaving myself. And he actually, he stays, he kind of looks oh. out over the balcony. He goes, you can, you can just send her along. The Let the clerics know that I've called for her and there will be no problem. Ah, um, of course. And uh, I'll, I'll go and get uh, yeah, Laura Vela to send um, her out there, yeah. Okay, so I think Amy is still gone. So, Jack, you wanted to study the sculpture. Yeah, I want to know about it, because I don't want to uh, fuck things up by talking to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, so roll an investigation Morning. check as you step beside, or behind the Empress's platformed area and study this sculpture. Jack's not smart, but he's not stupid either. <laughs> That'll be a spicy nine. Spicy nine. Um, you study this sculpture, 
and it is an impressive work that's not like anything that you've seen before in your travels. It is a very thin piece of wood that it is long enough and tall enough that it takes up this entire wall. And it's only about a third of the way carved. You see what seem to be scenes of the Empress's life. Ones that stand out to you are, um, there's a, a carving of a man and a woman cradling a small baby. There are scenes of the Empress on some sort of reconnaissance missions. There is a scene of her, you presume it is when she lost her left breast. She seems to be on some sort of battlefield fighting against centaurs. And the most recent, or the second most recent of these, the one that seems closer to the unfinished part of the sculpture, is a scene that shows her father depicted in some sort of deathbed and her standing behind him with a sword clutched against her chest. And the one below that appears to be her marriage to this Tormish paladin, both of them in full armor, her helm removed, but his still on. Okay, that marriage to Cal Drogo. <laughs> <laughs> I really do just picture him wearing armor. Is there anything else that Jack would like to do besides studying? Can I? Hmm. Jack wants to go eat something. Okay. Come hang out with me. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you go alone or do you rejoin one of your companions? Uh, I'm going to go rejoin Remy and her pig so I don't have to talk to anybody. Okay, so we'll (laughs) just jump down the list to Remy then because that seems to be (laughs) the next natural scene. So you were in search of vegetarian snacks for your pig. Give me an investigation check. That's a 15. For the 15, the first couple of tables that you visit are mostly meat and meat byproducts, but you eventually find um, like a a fresh grill where they're grilling basically whatever you want to have grilled and you can request vegetables to feed. Just got a flashback to hibachi grills and now I'm hungry. (laughs) Grilled butternut squash. Okay, yeah, so they're grilling up some butternut squash for Buford. And as you look around, and as Jack steps up beside you to also order some grilled food, you notice a lot of people are looking at you, and you cannot tell if it is because of your fairly flagrant Asimar heritage or the pig that you have tucked in your arms that you are now lovingly feeding butternut squash to. (laughs) But... The Empress is the center of the party. You are a close second. Oh, shit. (laughs) I just try to be as unobtrusive and blend in as possible, but also stare down anybody I make eye contact with. Give me a charisma check. I guess this would be intimidation since you're kind of trying to stare people down. What do I add to intimidation? Charisma. That's a 22. God damn it. Yeah, you... (laughs) Anyone who seems to stare too long at you, long enough for you to make eye contact with, you stare down very handily. Do I? Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, I'm gonna turn to Jack and be like, how do you do, friend? Well, there's food here, so I can't complain. Do I know anything about, um, uh, Kaylin's ASMR race? (laughs) You can roll a history check. Uh, 15. You know that, um... Asimars or Asimars, depending on the pronunciation, are some form of descendant of Celestial. 
in some way related to angels, related to gods, to planetar beings. They're descendant of otherworldly powers. So, uh, is your head glow at night? <laughs> Just have a halo over her head. That's why I'm asking. I, I think so. Well, I mean, you either do or you don't, like... Does that glow in the dark? Is that like a hazard for you, or...? I suppose it is. Huh. Then he just goes back to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we snap over to Decamilla, who, not too far down, is approaching the bar the tiefling bartenders. Oh, a lovely evening to you both. Well, the treat is to see uh, a few fellow tieflings here. I've seen precious few on my travels. When they speak, they speak together. They speak at the... Well, well yeah, it's, it's, we're a little, a little bit, bit hard, hard to come, come by in these parts. parts. Now, can you um, point me to the finest of the libations you offer tonight? The libations that we offer or the libations that are being offered? We can make you any kind of a mean cocktail that you so desire, but there are very, very fine wines and champagnes scattered around the room. Oh, uh, what would you say is your specialty cocktail? We, we can, can make, make a... a... Oh, fuck, that doesn't work, because Manhattan doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say a mean Manhattan, but that's not a thing. <laughs> we can make Manhattan hated. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can, can make, make a, a mean whiskey, whiskey sour. sour. Oh, that sounds marvelous. And Is while it... they're um, making it, I'll kind of just like lean forward and be... Now... Are you two, um, are you from the city? Are you travelers? And as they make this cocktail, they're like throwing ingredients back and forth to each other. It's not like a, one of them is making this cocktail. This seems part of this is the performance aspect of mm -hmm. it. Like, I think extreme bartending was a thing for a little while. It's very much that. And so as they're putting this cocktail together, they say, Well, we were originally from one of the roaming bands, but then found that we had a bit of a, a skill when it comes to mixology, and the Empress was so impressed with what we had to offer that she offered us a place to live here in the palace if we were to stay here as her own personal bartenders. You don't say. Well, I have a similar backstory myself. Isn't it lovely that we can find talents that can lift us up, as it were. And how long have you uh, been in Her Majesty's employ? Oh, it's been about seven months now. And these are younger tieflings, probably late teens. Um, and how long have the shenanigans been going on in Nino? From what you know, six weeks, a month. Now, since you two have been here um, quite a bit longer than I have, I'm just here for the festival, I was wondering, have you spotted any blue tieflings around here. You're the first tiefling that we've seen since we got here. Understood. Well, you have a special gift and a marvelous talent, I must say. And do they have like a, a tip jar or anything? Oh, very much so. Yeah, I will put two gold in there. They smile as they finish pouring your drink. And instead of ice cubes in the bottom of this drink, there seems to be small they look marble so like they almost look like marble stones as you reach out and touch the drink it is almost painfully cold to the touch i'll kind of like hold it up to the light a little bit and just smile at it the showmanship is absolutely spectacular well done you two 
And one of them kind of winks at you. Anything, Anything for, for a fellow traveler? traveler? Mm-hmm. Um, may I have the honor of uh, knowing your name? We're Jano, Jano and Gino. Gino. Jano and Gino. My name is Decamilla Swan. I'm sure I'll be frequenting the uh, cocktails here throughout the rest of the night. So we'll, we'll definitely chat. And she'll wink and uh, head into the party itself. I think she's going to try to mingle with people who are dressed in blue and gold. Laura Vela. As Volmer exits the balcony-type place, he <laughs> nods to you, giving and like you sort of understand that you have permission, and you see the families, the couples, the same people that Volmer had seen, and you also see Ronton standing at this balcony, looking out over the practice drill yard, um, sort of waiting for your approach. Um, I guess I'll approach uh, to Ronton and just say, you know, thank you for speaking me or speaking with me. Thank you for taking the time to uh, speak with me one-on-one. Of course, anything for such a brave adventure. How can I be of assistance, my dear? Well, I've, uh, I came to New York, you know, for, for work, but also for personal business. I've, I also came here to uncover some additional information on some pirates, and I've heard that the Empress has hired them in the past. Do you have any information on this? Is it true? Are you meaning that there's one particular group that you're looking for, and you've heard that the that the Empress has hired that particular group, or is it just any of the information that I can offer you on our privateers? I, I guess, um, well, I don't, Katie, do I know the particular, I don't think I know the particular group. You do not. Okay. But he doesn't know that you do. I guess I am looking for a particular group. I don't know the name, but they would have attacked the Bayberry about a few months ago. Do you know, did the Empress hire these pirates during that time? The Bayberry is not a... Not a name that I'm particularly familiar with. If the Empress had asked for something, something to happen with that ship in particular, she did so without my knowledge. And if it was a couple of months ago, she wasn't doing much without my knowledge at that time. Um, let's see, we employ, we employ a couple of groups. We employ the Scarlet Kids. They've got very small, very fast ships. We employ the Mad Hooks as well. Less often, they're a little bit harder to, harder to rely on, though knowing that it's a privateer, that's not necessarily surprising. And, let's see, we, we've also hired the Ice Planks for more northern voyages. They're very, very good, very reliable. And why are they hired? What kind of business do they accomplish for the Empress? Well, it, it depends. It differs. Mostly whenever we hear possible news of one city or another beginning to build an armada, we hire them to do some reconnaissance to head out onto the seas to ensure that we're able to keep our southern border safe. Every now and then, if we hear that there's a, a much-needed resource to the north, we'll hire the ice planks. They're very good at navigating frigid waters to see if we can receive that resource. We've sent a couple of them, not many, out to other continents, seeing if we can build some sort of rapport and establish Empress Barossa as the leader of Lende, but those don't necessarily chalk up to much. Pirates aren't very good at negotiating and speaking to those who are in high power. Every now and then, if there's a particular merchant vessel that has been causing some scuffle and causing some problems for us and they refuse to be negotiated with we'll hire privateers to 
rough them up a little bit just to remind them of Nino's place. How often does that occur? Not very. Usually when the Empress uh, sends her regards, that stops people from continuing any unwanted business. Has she hired them in the past few months? If, if I'm remembering, as far as I'm aware, the last time that we hired anyone, we hired the, the ice planks. It would have been about seven months ago. Asked them to take a trip north and investigate some odd rumors that we had heard. What sort of rumors? Something about a, a fey gate that we were interested in taking a look at just to see the validity of those rumors and fey gates can be very helpful or very dangerous depending on who finds them. So are the pirates, are they still being hire, hired to this day? We have a, an open contract, so to speak. If we have need of them, we'll reach out. If we don't, they just go along their business. It's I believe they call it independent contracting. Something that apparently with what Master Craston was saying, you guys have engaged in a little bit of yourselves. <laughs> uh, you could say that. Um, I guess where, where can I... Who can tell me what kind of pirates, what kind of group... Uh, were hired by the Empress about three months ago. I'll tell you what, I will ask around, I'll ask some questions, and I'll find some that'll be able to get you answers. How's that sound? That sounds wonderful. How? Uh, when can I expect a response, or how, how will you get this information to me? Is there any place in particular that you've been staying? Oh, I guess that's a bit of a callous question, seeing as you spent <laughs> last night in jail. I just kind of, I think I just kind of hold back, um kind of a response to that and just nod um you don't have any um telepathic blocking magic about you or anything like that nothing that would prevent a magical message from reaching your brain ears not that i know of then just introduce yourself to the cleric as you're re-entering the party and i'll make sure that i'll have her send you a message should i gain any more information for you what's the cleric's name vanfa okay was she the one who was just um greeting like she was, us, one, like, yeah, she was the one that was standing guard outside this okay. uh, balcony space. And all I have to do is just tell her my name and she'll get the information to me? Yeah, um, really all she needs is to see your face, but she's already done that. But it would be nice if you introduced yourself to her. Thank, thank you very much for um, you know, speaking, with, speaking with me about this. Um, I, I, love, I look forward to the information I'll, I'll get soon. He smiles. Of course, anything for our new brave champion peacocks. I, get, I smile at this as well um, and kind of bow and then take my leave. He remains out on the balcony, um, continuing to look over, seems relatively deep in thought as you leave. Mukwaro and Chimerical. So, uh, Chimerical, where do, you, uh, where do you think we should start? Well, I think we should both grab a drink and then head in opposite directions and walk around the walls and see how many grey stones we can find. Alright, okay. We'll do that.